Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's your sense of direction like? And just how good are you at reading a map? Most of us these days rely on sat-navs to get from A to B. And as you know, if you take a wrong turning, they're very good at recalculating the route and telling you where to go to get back on course. But now, scientists have shown that your brains actually aren't that different. Part of one brain region, called the hippocampus, contains a mental map of the world. And as you move around, your position is charted neurologically on a grid system on this map. Meanwhile, a related brain area keeps track of how far it is, as the crow flies, to your destination. By understanding how these systems work, researchers at University College London hope their results might one day help them understand and possibly treat conditions like dementia. I'm Mira Senthilingam, and to find out more about how these brain regions actually work together, I put my mental map to the test in the region of Soho in central London, where I met up with the neuroscientist behind these experiments, Hugo Spears. We're interested in how you use your brain to navigate a city street network. Uh, And we knew that there was a bit of the brain called the hippocampus that's particularly important for navigating. But in this new study, we're interested in understanding how it's being used. Why Soho? Soho's unique in London. There's two things that make Soho unique and fantastic if you're interested in navigating. One is that the streets are really dense. If you look at a map of London, you, look, you want to find somewhere with the most densely packed streets, it's Soho. And the second thing is it's full of very colourful shops and cafes and bars that you could navigate to and that provide you landmarks to tell you where you are. And what aspects of navigation were you looking into by going around Soho? We were interested in this experiment in finding out whether the brain was tracking two types of distance, whether it was tracking as you move the distance as a crow flies, independent of all the buildings, how far away you are from your destination, or whether it was tracking the distance you actually have to walk, the distance along the path. And so Soho has got all these winding, wiggly, labyrinthine paths through it that we could really use to our advantage to test which of these two types of distance the brain was tracking. Now, we're in one of these narrow paths now, so we're just in almost an alley surrounded by shops between, I guess, two busy roads in Soho. How did you set about experimenting here? So we first of all had to choose the area. So we picked this bit you're standing in as the best bit of Soho. We then had to train people up who didn't know anything about the area, found novices who didn't know anything, developed an intensive training program to put them through. When they became a bit like mini taxi drivers in the area, they knew it backwards by the end of our training. And then the next day after we trained them, we scanned them with the functional magnetic resonance imaging to test their navigation. And the scanners we use are massive. They're not something you can move around. So we had to bring Soho into the scanner by shooting first-person view films. Like sort of you're looking at a film that's moving down the city streets in Soho, and while they're watching these, these movies, uh, every single street junction that they're watching the movie in, they have to make a decision which way they would like to go to a given cafe or bar that we've given them as a destination. And it's a very intensive process, and it was through that means we were able to look and see 
what is your brain doing when you're making those decisions? And in between those decisions, what is your brain doing? So inside these scanners, people had to essentially, they were immersed in the world of Soho and had to navigate through it. And helping pick the routes and decisions they had to make was Lorelai Howard, who's also here. And well, Lorelai, you're going to take me on one of the routes that your volunteers had to do. Now, technically, I should be able to do these routes quite well because I am a, a Londoner. But I still don't really know Soho that well. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be able to put you to the test. I'm going to take you over to the John Snow pub, which is a prominent location in Soho. Um, then I'm going to take you on a winding route through the streets and test your knowledge, see if you are <laughs> as good as you should be. And um, Hugo, you are the expert as well on this because you did help map the routes as well. So you're going to have a bit of a head start and meet us at the end point. Yes, I'll see you there. Good luck with your navigating. Okay, so we're on uh, Broadwick Street. We're facing in the general direction of east. Um, I would have pointed out to the subjects, like you said, that we've got the John Snow pub ahead of us on the right-hand side. Um, I would have then pointed out things like the trees on Broadwick Street. I mean, that makes Broadwick Street quite distinct in Soho. And then I would have maybe pointed out the pub that's ahead of us on the corner, the blue posts, and that would be enough for our subjects to know where they are. Um, if we were in the scanner now and watching this on a video, what would we do? So where would our destination be, perhaps? So from this starting location, the first goal is Sister Ray Records, which is on Berwick Street. OK, so we're, what, we're facing a, kind, a general east direction. Yeah. Berwick Street's just over there, then a slightly more north direction to where we are now? Yeah, so Berwick Street's ahead of us. It actually runs perpendicular to Broadwick Street and crosses it. Um, Sister Ray Records itself is just up on the left-hand side, so towards the north end of Berwick Street. So ideally, we'd want to just go straight and then left? Yeah, perfect, yeah. Okay, we're going straight then, but I feel like you're going to do something to make this less straightforward. Okay, so the movie would pause just before... Uh, each junction and that's when you would actually be asked to make a decision about which way you would like to go so as you've described then you would have chosen to go straight yeah in actual fact we were at this point we forced you to take a detour around to the right so we're now going south along lexington street in the opposite direction yeah so you need to now replan uh, your route so which direction would you go well i would want to turn around and go back but this was something you didn't let your volunteers do no we didn't so, okay, straight ahead of us, there is a alley on the left. I would have want to essentially go down that to get to the next road to then go left and essentially back on myself a bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you would take the next alleyway on the left and then go back round left again up to Broadwick and then carry on with your original route plan. Okay, so we're just turning left down into this alley and at the end of this alley I just need to take another left and walk for a bit and we should get to the record store. Well, you'd think that'd be the case, but actually we kept changing the goals on our subjects to force them to keep replanning and replanning the routes. So here is I would have actually asked the subjects to navigate to the new goal, which is in Gestric Court. By increasing the number of these kind of new goal events, then we're keeping the hippocampus excited and activated throughout the experiment. Okay, well, so in guest record is really kind of just straight ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll carry on down this alley. And then, so um, which way would you go at this junction? Right. Yeah, that's it, and it's just ahead of us now. Yeah, we can see it. (laughs) And we can see Hugo looking very cold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so this would be, well, the end of a short snippet of one of our routes. Hello, Hugo. How did you get on? How did you get on? 
Um, yes, we got here quite quickly, well, actually. Yeah. So although I was expecting to get to a record store and possibly buy some music. <laughs> That's all part of the design. <laughs> so um, you got this is just one of many routes that you got participants to navigate through. What did you really find out then? So earlier this year, we presented the findings from the study at the neuroscience meeting in Washington. So what we investigated was, as people watching those movies, uh, we were interested in, for every moment on their route, uh, is there a bit of the brain that seems to keep track of the distance that a crow would fly straight to the target? And what we found is that the anterior hippocampus, that's the bit towards the front of the head, is increasing its activity the further away you are from your target, from your destination. It's a straight line distance to the target, independent of all the buildings. But the story didn't stop there. But we were surprised to find that, in fact, the system's more elegant than that. It appears that when you make those choices about which path you're going to take, then the posterior hippocampus seems to take over, and it seems to be driven by the path you've got to walk towards your target. So these two regions, essentially, are activated at different times as you're navigating somewhere? Yes, that's right. So we're finding that the anterior hippocampus is active, um, is tracking the Euclidean distance to your target, your goal, along the path. But at the moment you have to make a decision which way you're going to go, then the posterior hippocampus is engaged uh, and its activity reflects the amount of extra path you're going to have to walk to get to your target now. And if you have to take a detour, the activity there seems to scale with the amount of extra distance you now have to take in your detour. So if you had to take like a, a 10 metre extra path, you'll see a little bit of activity in this posterior hippocampus. But if you've now got to walk another 500 metres, you'll see a lot more activity in that region. So when Lorelei and I took that right turn at the John Snow, rather than going straight to that record store, this posterior region would have been activated. That's right. That's what our evidence suggests. You're doing different things when you're navigating. It's not a continuous process. Sometimes you need to make decisions. Sometimes you need to replan your route. And that the brain is dynamically changing as you take a journey through space. And Lorelei, what about my route to get here? Was I excellent? Yeah, I think that you had some, yeah, definitely when I took you on the detour, then you were able to replan efficiently. What's the importance of knowing just how people navigate like this? Well, the brain is something we need to know a lot more about. Since we're in an ageing population, our brain is subject to a lot of damage and change over our lives, and particularly the hippocampus is one of the areas most affected in dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So if we understand what it's doing in an everyday setting, such as SOHO, then we'll have a much better idea about understanding how it might go wrong in future studies. Hugo Spears and Lorelai Howard, both from University College London, taking me, Mira Senthilingam, or more importantly, maybe just my brain, through the busy streets of Soho.